Mrs. Piggle Wiggle's Magic, Chapter Seven. They never want to go to schooler. Seven thirty. Time to get up. Called Mrs. Jones, loudly and cheerfully from the foot of the stairs. Julie and Linda jumped out of bed and began to race getting dressed. From Jody and Jan's room, there was the sound of one person getting up and loud groans. I feel terrible," groaned Jody from the upper bunk. "Ah," said Jan. "You just don't want to go to school. You did the same thing last week. Groaned and moaned and felt sick till the rest of us left for school, and then you felt fine." "Oh yeah. How do you know, Doctor Jones?" said Jody, leaning out of the upper bunk and forgetting to groan. "I know," said Jan as he tied his shoes. Because somebody was using my toolbox while I was at school, somebody who nicked the chisel and left the hammer out on the sidewalk by the maple tree. Jody said, "I was fixing the tree house, and I did not nick your old chisel. Dick Thompson nicked it, and you know he did." Jan said, "Dick nicked it just a little. Now it has a big nick in it. I measured." Jody said. When I'm ten and get my own toolbox, I won't let you even walk past it. I'll never, ever, even let you see inside it. There was a sound of brisk footsteps on the stairs. Jody threw himself back in bed and began to groan. Mrs. Jones appeared at the doorway. She said, "I have made waffles for breakfast this morning. Hurry, boys!" Jan said, "I'm all ready as soon as I wash my face and hands." Old pretend he's sick. Jody is groaning up in the upper bunk, so he won't have to go to school. Mrs. Jones walked over to the bunk, reached up, and felt Jody's forehead. She said, "You haven't a speck of temperature, Jody. So stop playing possum and get up." Jody groaned loudly and agonizingly. He said, "My stomach hurts awful. It feels like I swallowed ten knives." Mrs. Jones looked worried. She said, "Where does it hurt, dear?" Jody said, "Oh, all over, all over my stomach." Jan called from the bathroom, where he was splashing a tiny little bit of water on his face. "Don't believe him, Mom. He was all right a minute ago." Mrs. Jones said, "Jody Jones, get out of that bunk this instant. If you are sick, I want a good look at you." Jody started to sit up. Then crumpled in apparent agony. Oh, oh, oh! He moaned. My stomach is killing me. Mrs. Jones climbed part way up the little ladder, and that led to the upper bunk, and peered anxiously at her eight-year-old son. His eyes were closed, and in the reflected light from the pine ceiling, he appeared pale. Mrs. Jones patted him on the shoulder and said. Just lie there quietly, Jody, until I get the other children off to school, and then I'll bring you some tea. Then she went downstairs and told Mister Jones she thought they should call the doctor. Mister Jones said, "Perhaps you had," but Jan said, "Oh, Mom, don't be dumb. There's nothing wrong with Jody at all. Just a minute ago, he was leaning over the bunk talking to me about my tools." He stayed home yesterday and the day before, and he's getting so ignorant. I don't even like to play with him any more. Twelve-year-old Julie said, "Miss Robinson asked me about Jody yesterday, and I told her that we thought 
he had amoebic dysentery. Amoebic dysentery, said Mrs. Jones. Where in the world did you get that idea? We're studying about amoebic dysentery and hygiene, said Julie. And personally, I think Jody has all the symptoms. Personally, I think Jody has hypophobia, kleptomania, said Mr. Jones. Really, said Julie. What are the symptoms? Pain in all cartilage and a slight stiffening of the esophagus, said Mr. Jones solemnly, buttering his waffle. Is Jody going to die? wailed Linda, who was only five and didn't know what they were talking about. Of course not, said Mrs. Jones. Now hurry with breakfast or you'll be late to school. After the children had left for school, Mr. Jones had gone to the office. Mrs. Jones carried a tray up to Jody. On it was a pot of tea, two poached eggs, and three pieces of toast. Between groans, Jody ate every crumb. At exactly 9.02, he came padding down to the kitchen in his pajamas and announced that he felt a tiny bit better and thought he'd go outside for a breath of fresh air. Mrs. Jones looked at him suspiciously, but he widened his large blue eyes and, as he was only eight years old, a little, smile for, a little small for his age and seemed even smaller in ten-year-old Jan's pajamas, which he had swiped the night before because he had forgotten that he had stuffed his own in the window seat when he was cleaning up his half of the room. Mrs. Jones convinced herself that he wasn't fooling and let him go outside to play. After he had dressed, Jody helped himself to as many of Jan's tools as he could carry and went out to work on the treehouse. My, it was beautiful up there in the old maple tree. The sun made little speckles on the floor of the treehouse, and two fat gray squirrels ran up and down the branches and chattered at each other as he hammered. This is the life, said Jody happily to himself. I'm never going to school. I'm going to be a carpenter, and that's certainly something old Miss Robinson doesn't know anything about and the squirrels chattered away. Just before the other children were due home for lunch, Jody climbed down out of the tree, went in the house, and told his mother he had a little headache and felt weak. She told him to lay down on the couch with the afghan over him. Even Julie and Jan, who came rushing in to sneer at him, thought he looked quite frail and left the room on tiptoe. Linda kissed him sickly, and told him that he could take a nap with her after lunch, which made him feel slightly ashamed. Jody had only intended to stay on the Davenport until after Julie and Jan left for school, but it was so quiet in the living room, so comfortable in the Davenport, that he fell asleep and didn't wake up until two o'clock. Twice while he was sleeping, Mrs. Jones tiptoed in, felt his head, as if as it was cool and moist, she decided that Jody had just had a little stomach upset and it wasn't necessary to call the doctor. As soon as he waked up, Jody came up and worked on the treehouse until ten minutes past three. Then he skinned down the tree, rushed in, and put away Jan's tools 
and was again laying wistfully on the couch when Julie and Jan came home. Jan said that he was going to work on the treehouse, and did Jody want to help him? Jody said, I'll just climb up and watch for a while. Thanks anyway, Jan. Jan watched suspiciously as Jody shinnied up the tree faster than a squirrel, but he didn't say anything until he had climbed up into the treehouse himself and had seen how much work Jody had done. I just wish Mother could climb up here and see how sick you are, he said, carefully examining his tools for scratches and nicks. Jody said, I did feel sick this morning, but I got better after lunch. Hey, do you think this roof's going to be high enough? Jan said, Let's make it high enough so we can have a window. Wouldn't it be fun to look out of our window at the old girls playing in the streets below? Jody's sickness was forgotten. Having had no lunch, Jody was starving for dinner and had two helpings of everything. When, Mrs. when Mr. Jones passed him his second plate full, he said, your hypophobia and kleptomania seems to have cleared up. You'll certainly be well enough to go to school tomorrow, eh, Jody? Jody, making his eyes as big as he could over a mouthful of baked potatoes, said, I certainly hope so, Daddy. I hate to miss school. Jan choked on his milk, and Julie said that she thought all boys were disgusting and should eat out of, out of troughs. Mr. Jones said, From now on, conversation at this table is to be limited to current events. And so the children had nothing to say until dinner was over. After dinner, Linda went to bed, and the other children were sent to their rooms to study. Jan went right to work on a theme he was writing entitled, My Most Interesting Experience. But Jody got out an old magic dot book and began filling in the pictures. How do you spell dangerous, said Jan. I don't know, said Jody. There was silence for a while. How do you spell Africa, asked Jan. I don't know, said Jody. Silence. How do you spell leopard, said Jan. I don't know, said Jody. Gosh, don't you know anything, said Jan. Sure, said Jody. Lots of things, but not spelling. I don't notice you're so good at it either. How do you spell dangerous? How do you spell Africa? How do you spell leopard? He mimicked Jan. Jan said, It's just that I happen to be writing a theme, and I don't have time to stop and think of how to spell every single word. What are you writing a theme about? asked Jody. My most interesting experience, said Jan. Your most interesting experience? jeered Jody. Ha ha ha. What do you know about Africa and leopards? Jan looked embarrassed. He said, Well, I'm pretending that one of Dick Thompson's Uncle Charlie experiences was mine. Miss Hartfeld's never been to Africa. She won't know the difference. Anyway, it'll be a lot more interesting than the time my dolly broke her front tooth or the time I found my first crocus like the old girls write. Jody was busy filling in the last dots. He said, Hey, look at this. It's an elephant, and I thought all the time it was going to be a football field. They both laughed loudly just as Mr. Jones called that it was bedtime. 
The next morning, when Mrs. Jones called breakfast boys, Jody began to groan. Oh, 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 he groaned. My stomach. Jan said, oh, 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 my stomach. I mean, I hate to go to school. Jody ignored him. My stomach hurts awful, he moaned. Jan said, you stay out of school all the time and you won't pass. You'll be just like that old Lemmy Carson that's 14 and in the third grade. Jody closed his eyes and yelled louder than ever. Oh, 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 my stomach. Mrs. Jones came in and felt his forehead. It seemed a little hot, which could have been from the fact that Jody was wearing long underwear under his pajamas. Or it could be from his groaning. Mrs. Jones said, just exactly where does it hurt, Jody? Jody said, it's sort of all over, terrible stomach ache. Mrs. Jones said, you're sure you aren't just fooling, Jody? Jody said, oh, Mom, don't be silly. My stomach's killing me. Jan said, don't bother with old Lemmy Carson, Mom. He's not going to school anymore. Mrs. Jones said, who's Lemmy Carson? And Jan said, oh, he's a kid in school who's 14 and only in the third grade. Mrs. Jones said, is there anything wrong with him? Jan said, nothing except he never goes to school. Jody said, oh, 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 my poor stomach. It aches awful. Mrs. Jones and Jan went downstairs. On the way down, Mrs. Jones said, Jan, do you really think that Jody is just pretending? I know he is, said Jan. He says he's going to be a carpenter and he doesn't have to go to school. Mrs. Jones said, we'll just see about that and went in to breakfast. She didn't carry Jody any tray and so at 9.01 he came down to the kitchen and said, Mom, dear, I feel a little better. But I thought I should maybe have some, uh, hmm, his eyes strayed towards and became glued to a large bowl of ripe bananas. Some bananas and cream and toast, he finished. Mrs. Jones said, not with a stomach ache, a little tea perhaps, but nothing else. Now, march right upstairs and go back into bed. Jody went slowly and meekly. At 9.30, he asked his mother if he could get up. She said no loudly and firmly. At 10, he asked again for food. No, said Mrs. Jones. And at 10.30, he asked to get up. No, said his mother. Unfortunately, at 11, Mrs. Jones sat down to have a cup of coffee and happened to glance at the morning paper. On the front page was a heart-rendering story with vivid pictures of some little starving Greek children. Mrs. Jones read the entire story twice, then called to Jody to come down and get his breakfast. He came down to the kitchen, all dressed in his play clothes. In about seven seconds, Mrs. Jones gave him two shredded wheat biscuits with sliced bananas, plenty of rich cream, two scrambled eggs, three pieces of bacon, and a cinnamon bun. Jody ate it all then, went out to work on the tree house. When the other children came home for lunch, 
Julie told her mother that Miss Robinson had told her that Jody was getting very far behind in his work, and that if he was going to be sick long, Mrs. Jones had better go up to school and get his assignments, or else arrange to have the teacher, who traveled around and taught invalids, come to the house. Jan said, "'Honestly, Mom, I don't see how you can be so dumb about Jody. He's just pretending.' His old stomach never gets sore except on school mornings. Mrs. Jones said, Now don't worry, children. I'll handle Jody. Julie, tell Miss Robinson. I'll call her, her tomorrow morning. After she had put Linda down for her nap and had washed the lunch dishes, Mrs. Jones called up her friend, Mrs. Armadillo. She said, Mrs. Armadillo, have you ever had any trouble getting Armand to go to school? I mean, does Armand like to go to school? Oh, my, yes, said Mrs. Armadillo. You know, Armand is only eight years old, and he is in high seventh. The teacher told me only yesterday that actually Armand could be high school work, but I don't like to force him. Oh, no, said Mrs. Jones to herself. You started teaching him to read when he was about four months old, and you started him in a private school when he was three. Aloud, she said, Well, I'm not so fortunate. You see, Jody has decided that he doesn't want to go to school. Every morning he has a terrible stomachache and pains and actually seems to be suffering until after nine when he knows the bell has rung. I just can't understand it. Mrs. Armadillo said, Perhaps he's having trouble in school. Perhaps he isn't happy with his teacher. Mrs. Jones said, Oh, I'm sure he likes Miss Robinson. All the children have had her, and they all loved her. Mrs. Armadillo said, Well, you know some children are high-strung and sensitive, and the confusion of a public school is too much for their little nervous system systems. That's why we took Armand out of public school and put him in Miss Walkinshaw's School of Exceptional Children. I'll call Miss Walkinshaw right now if you wish. Mrs. Jones said, Oh, no, please don't bother, Mrs. Armadillo. I'll talk to Jody and see if something is troubling him. If I should decide to take him out of public school, I'll let you know. Mrs. Jones said, Oh, no, please don't bother, Mrs. Armadillo. I'll talk to Jody and see if something is troubling him. If I should decide to take him out of public school, I'll let you know. She hung up. That little earwig of an Armand, she said angrily to herself. Imagine that high seventh, and he was only eighth last month. She called to Jody, who quickly shinnied down from the tree trunk and came lopping into the kitchen, beaming and expecting more food. Mrs. Jones took him on her lap. She said, Jody, dear, is something at school bothering you? Jody said, uh, uh, say, do we have any of those big ginger cookies, that kind Mrs. Maxwell bakes? Mrs. Jones said, Jody, I want to talk to you about school. Do you like Mrs. Robinson? Sure, said Jody. She's all right. Mrs. Maxwell bakes those big ginger cookies every single Saturday. Mrs. Jones pushed Jody rather rudely from her lap. She said, Oh, go out and play. Jody looked puzzled. 
went out, but called from the front gate. I'll go down and ask Mrs. Maxwell how to make those ginger cookies if you want me to. Mrs. Jones said, Don't bother, and shut the door firmly. Then she called her friend, Mrs. Wheeling, and asked her if she ever had any trouble making Kitty go to school. Mrs. Wheeling said no, but she knew plenty of mothers who had had trouble with not want to go to schoolers. She said, Mrs. Jones to call Mrs. Pigglewiggle, and Mrs. Jones did. Mrs. Pigglewiggle said, Oh, so that's where Jody's been. I wondered why I hadn't seen him pass by the house lately. Well, what we need to do is give him some ignorance tonic. I'll send a bottle over with Jan. Give Jody a tablespoonful right away, another after dinner and another in the morning, before lunch and before dinner tomorrow. Keep it up until he asks to go back to school. Mrs. Jones thanked Mrs. Pigglewiggle and hung up. At 3.15, Jan handed his mother a package from Mrs. Pigglewiggle. It contained a large black bottle marked in Ignorance Tonic. Mrs. Jones measured a tablespoonful into a small glass, called Jody in, and handed it to him. What's this? Jody asked. Something for your pains, said his mother. Jody said, but, there's gone, but they're gone now, his mother said. This is to prevent their returning tomorrow morning. Now drink it. Jody did. He said, mmm, tastes just like chocolate syrup. He went out to the play. He climbed up into the tree and sat down and began pounding in a nail upside down and with the pliers instead of the hammer. Jan said, Hey, what are you doing? And Jody said, Pounding. Only, he really said, Poundig, because his throat had suddenly become thick and choky. Jan said, Why don't you use the hammer? And Jody said, What's a hammer? And Jan said, Don't try to be so funny here and handed him the hammer. Jody took it, but again began pounding with the handle. Jan grabbed the handle away from him. What's the matter with you anyway, he said. Do think, Judy said, Jody said laughing in a high silly giggle. Just then Julie called from below. Hey boys, come on down and play kick the can. There's Molly and Larry and Susan and Kitty and Anne and Joan and Dick and Herbert and Patsy and Mary Lou and everybody. So Jan and Jody climbed out of the tree. Julie began to count them out. Itty bitty sibbity sab. Ibbity bibbity cassaba. Jody was it. They told him to count to five hundred by fives. He leaned against the maple tree and closed his eyes, but he couldn't think. Five, he said. Let's see, what comes next? He couldn't remember. He decided to count to one hundred by ones. He began in funny thick voices. He now had odd two three, but that was as far as he could go. He couldn't remember what came after three. From all around, from one end to the back to the other, he could hear the shouts of, Ready! And he hadn't finished counting. He decided to just stand by the tree for a while and pretend he had counted the way Linda did. The tree trunk felt smooth and smelled spicy and delicious. 
He could hear the gray squirrels scolding the children from way up on the top branches. My, it was pleasant and dark behind his closed eyes. Judy fell asleep. Jody fell asleep. After about ten minutes of shouting, Ready! Some of the children began stealing toward base. Clank! Larry Gray kicked the can clear down to the corner, then ran like mad. Jody did not move. Julie came out from behind the hedge and yelled right in Jody's ear, Ready! Jody jumped and rubbed his eyes. Where Ubby? he said, yawning. My gosh, Jody, said Julie, stamping her foot. You're too slow. You're spoiled the whole game. Now go and get the can. It's way down by Thompson's. Jody ambled slowly down towards Thompson's, but when he got down there, he couldn't remember why he was there. He said, Good afternoon to Mrs. Thompson, who was weeding her perennial bed, then just stood blinking in the afternoon sun. Just the street children were all yelling. He was wondering what they wanted. Mrs. Thompson said, Here's the can right here on the parking strip. Jody, hurry and maybe you can catch them all. Jody picked up the can and ambled back towards the maple tree. As soon as he got near it, the children all ran and hid. Jody put down the can and automatically began, Ready or dot? But then he couldn't remember the rest. Ready or dot? Ready or dot? Ready or dot? He said over and over again. Julie came out from the hedge and pushed him rudely away from the tree. Oh, go and hide, dummy, she said. I'll be it. She covered her eyes and began. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty. Jody sat down by the hedge and stared vacantly up at the sky. After a long time, he noticed that there was no one around, that everyone had apparently gone home. So he went into the house. The family were at dinner. His mother said, where in the world have you been? The other children came in half an hour ago. Now go upstairs and wash and hurry. Jody went upstairs, but couldn't remember what he had come up for, so he went down again and in to dinner. He sat down next to Jan, picked up a spoon, and began eating. Jan said, What are you eating with a spoon for, baby? Jody said. What's a spood? said Jan, and Julie laughed. Mrs. Uh, Mr. Jones said, How do you feel tonight, Jody? Pain's all gone? Jody repeated after him, Pain's all gone? Mr. Jones said, You sound as if you have a cold. Jody said, I'd werb ed. Julie said, Daddy asked you if you had a cold, dope. Jody said, I don't cold. Jan said, Gosh, what a dummy. Mr. and Mrs. Jones looked at each other meaningfully. After dessert, Mr. Jones said, Let's all play what Johnny has in his pocket. I'll start. Johnny has a ball of string in his pocket. Linda, who was next, said, Johnny has a ball of string and a worm in his pocket. Julie said, Johnny has a ball of string, a worm, and an apple in his pocket. Mrs. Jones said, Johnny has a ball of strings, a worm, an apple, and a knife in his pocket. 
Jan said, Johnny has a ball of string, a worm, an apple, a knife, and a nail in his pocket. Jody said, Jody has a ball. Jody has ball of string, prompted Linda. Jody began again. Jody has a ball of string and 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 a worm, said Linda. Jody has a worm, said Jody, and looked around proudly. Jan said, Oh, let's leave the old dummy out of it. Come on, Daddy. Mr. Jones said, Come on, Jody. Johnny has a ball of string, a worm, an apple, a knife, a nail in his pocket. Jody said, I can't remember all that. I don't want to play. He began to cry, and Mrs. Jones sent him to bed. The next morning, Jody didn't have to pretend he was sick because when he woke, when he woke up, the other children had already gone to school. Jody got dressed and went downstairs, but he couldn't find his mother. He called and called, but no one answered. So he went all over the house looking for his mother. He even looked under the beds and behind the furnace, but he couldn't find her. When he came back to the kitchen, he found a piece of paper sticking in the refrigerator door. It said, Dear Jody. And when there was some more writing, but Jody couldn't read it, he began to cry. There was a knock at the back door. Jody wiped his eyes on his sleeve and opened the door. The laundryman said, Is your mother home, Jody? Jody said, Do I don't know what happened to her? And began to cry again. The laundryman said, Didn't she leave a note? And Jody said, Yes, but I can't read it. The laundryman said, Let me see it. Jody handed him the piece of paper, and the laundryman read, Dear Jody, I'm going to the grocery store. Your medicine and your orange juice are in the refrigerator. There are sausages and toasts in the oven. I'll be home in a very little while, mother. P.S. Be sure to tell the laundryman that the laundry is in the basement. Jody thanked the laundryman and took his medicine and ate his breakfast. Then he went out of the treehouse, but he kept forgetting which end of the hammer to use. He couldn't remember where they kept the nails. He forgot where they were going to put the window. He couldn't measure the boards because he couldn't count or read numbers. So he climbed down and just sat on the grass until Julie, Jan, and Linda came home. Hi, said Jan. How is old dummy this morning? Jody said, I dot a dummy. Julie said, Let's hear you count to ten then. Jody said, I don't want to. And Julie said, You mean you can't. And Jody said, I'm not a dummy. And Linda mocked him. I dot a dummy. I dot a dummy. Jody began to cry so that the other children went in to lunch just as Mrs. Jones came back from the store. Seeing Jody crying under the maple tree, she asked him what was the trouble. And Jody said, The other kids tease me. His mother said, What do you what do they tease you about? And Jody said, They call me dummy. I'm not a dummy, am I? His mother said, I hope not, dear, and went in to fix lunch. All afternoon, Jody sat in the sun because he couldn't think of anything to do. When the children came home from school, they played kick the can, but they didn't ask him to play, so he just watched and dozed off to sleep. At dinner, the family all played 
what Johnny has in his pocket again, but they didn't even try to include Jody. So after eating his dinner with his spoon, he just sat and watched the candle wax drip down the candles in the middle of the table. After dinner, Jan and Julie went up to study. Linda went to bed and Jody climbed up into his bunk and looked at the ceiling. There were two knot holes that looked just like Al's eyes. Jody looked at them until he fell asleep. At 8.30, Mrs. Jones came in with a bottle of ignorance tonic, but finding Jody asleep decided to wait until morning before giving him any more. The next morning, Jody woke up so very early he could hear the paper boy whistling as he threw the paper thump, thump, thump onto each porch. Jody climbed carefully down out of his bunk, got dressed in his school clothes, went into the bathroom and washed thoroughly, brushed his teeth, combed his hair, and then looked carefully at himself in the mirror. He looked just the same as always, but he certainly felt different. He felt quick and light. He tested his voice and said, I'm not a dummy. And it came out of his mouth, I'm not a dummy. Not, I'm not a dummy the way it had for the past two days. He went downstairs. It seemed very peaceful in the morning and the sunlight shining. Jody decided to squeeze the orange ju juice for his mother. He went to the cooler for the oranges and found stuck under the box the note his mother had left for him the day before. He picked it up and was surprised to find that he could read it now, every word. He began to hum a little as he cut and squeezed the oranges and poured the juice into six glasses. There was a gentle scratching at the back door, so Jody opened it and let in Clotilde the cat. Clotilde rubbed against Jody's legs and purred until he stopped squeezing oranges and warmed her some milk. When Jody had finished the oranges, he decided to make some coffee. He read the directions on the can and was very pleased to see how easy he could read and even the hard words and the fine print. He decided to go make um he decided to make boiled coffee in the old granite picnic coffee pot. He measured the water as he filled the pot. Twenty-four cups of water seemed quite a lot, but Jody remembered how his mother always filled the pot at picnics. Then he measured twenty-four scoops of coffee. Then he found the coffee pot was so heavy he couldn't lift it out of the sink, so he dipped out half of the water into a saucepan, put the coffee pot on the stove, poured the rest in, and turned the burner on high. Then he set the breakfast table, putting on a nice clean cloth. Then he looked at the clock and found it was only just seven o'clock. He gathered up some stale bread and took it out to the squirrels. They came down out of the trees and got on his shoulders, and he stood very still and watched them pick up the pieces of bread in their funny little hands and take bites out of it. After a while, Jody went back into the house to see if his coffee was boiling and was very surprised to find his mother breaking eggs in a blue bowl. She said, Oh, so you're the good fairy who did all this work for me. Thank you, Jody, she said, and hugged him. He said, I woke up way early, even before the paper boy. His mother said, How do you feel this morning? 
She had noticed the neat hair, the washed face, and the school clothes. Jody said, I feel just wonderful. Think I'll go to school. His mother said, Fine, dear. Your father will be so pleased, and so will Miss Robinson. Jody said, Miss Robinson doesn't have to worry. I'll make up my work. I'm no dummy. His mother kissed him and said, I should say you're not. Say, Mom, Jody said, do you think I made enough coffee? His mother looked at the enormous granite picnic coffee pot filled clear to the brim. Then at Jody's sweet, anxious face. Just right, she said. Just exactly right. Now call the others to the breakfast, dear. Tell the children to hurry or they'll be late for school.